You're listening to the Secret Muse Society, where we pull out the things we keep hidden about ourselves. What are the secrets that actually hold us back from the connection we crave? And what happens when we tap into the inspiration we have to offer the world? I'm your host, authenticity coach, Karen Choi. Let's dive in together. Oh, hello, Muse. Welcome back. How are you today? Spring has officially sprung in Toronto and it is glorious. By the time you're listening to it, maybe it will even be more glorious. <laughs> Last week, after dropping off the kids at school, I went for a longish run with my friend Kathleen. Our kids are in the same kindergarten class and we hopped into her car and drove to the Tommy Thompson Park which is a land-made mass that has become a nature preserve. Can you picture this? So it is mainly made of old construction materials since the 1800s, I believe. And the city created a wildlife conservation area around it. It is a sanctuary for birds there is marshlands, there are trees, there are butterflies, there's a trail. And when you are on the outside edges of this point, this pier of land, there are bricks and granite and building materials from all the old houses and buildings from back in the 1800s and over time now to 2022. And it is a really, really cool space. So Kathleen and I drove there. It was one of those kinds of mornings when the fog just sits on the trees and we couldn't see very far in front of us, maybe a few meters, which meant that you kind of felt like you were running in a bubble. <laughs> maybe that's how hamsters feel when they're running in those balls that you pull them out of the cage and you put them in the ball and they can roll around the ground. I only know this because we baby sat or hamster sat for a friend and his name was Chewy. And that's what he did in the evening. And it was kind of gross, but really cute at the same time. So anyway, Kathleen and I are like jogging in like this hamster bowl on this nature preserve man-made land. And we let it be easy. We let it be light. And we just laughed and chatted and took our time. We stopped to notice the spider webs, which were full of dew and they looked like jewelry along the path. We stopped to check out the cormorants, which are these giant, long-beaked, black, dark birds that all nest in the same area at Tommy Thompson Park. And their poop is so acidic, I think that's the word, that it basically has killed the trees that they live in. And my big question there was, how did the city manage to get all the birds to migrate and to stay in this one area? Like, how do they know that's their zone and what keeps them in that zone? It's not like they follow rules, but maybe they do follow rules of nature. And we also stopped to just admire these blue-headed tree swallows. There was one just perched on top of a really tall blade of grass. And it was just sitting there. And even though we were standing quite close to it, it didn't seem to be bothered by us. And I was wondering, 
when are you going to fly away? And then we wondered, well, maybe it's wondering when we're going to start running away. So it was a beautiful run or jog, I should say. We ended up doing eight kilometers, which was my longest jog since I started jogging this year. I think the furthest I've gone so far is about four and a half kilometers. So eight kilometers was a big deal. So it's a big celebration for that accomplishment. And it went by so fast and it felt so easy. That night I clocked in on my Fitbit 20,000 steps. That was a record for me. Please tell me, do you get 20,000 steps on the regular? Am I just like aggrandizing my accomplishment here? Because even just to get to 12,000 is challenging. Like I have to make an effort to do it. So I'm curious who out there is doing 20,000 steps because kudos to you. Anyway, I got home and had the luxury of taking a really long, hot bath after that jog. I think I was in the tub for maybe 30 minutes and it really is a luxury to bathe in silence and in sunlight in the middle of a Monday. I really love my Mondays. I also was able to scrub, like exfoliate my skin, which is satisfying. Also kind of gross because there's a lot of dead skin cells in the water, (laughs) plus the dead midges, the flies that got caught in my hair because, oh my gosh, while Kathleen and I were running, there were midges like in her face. We were spitting them out. They were everywhere. So this is the beginning of the story that led me to the thing that totally changed my perspective. First, there was this perspective of being in nature, being with a friend, just connecting with our bodies and being in spirit and enjoying our time together. Then there was the recovery period where I required rest and to rest without guilt was really important because I did feel somewhat guilty for taking that long hot bath. I have to admit, I also took a nap that day. I was just so tired. It was way more energy that I've exerted in a really long time. The next day, I woke up with the worst crick in my neck. And it was probably for two reasons. One was the run, the long jog. And two, because both my daughters were in my bed which meant that I was pushed to the very edge and I was scrunched up and in a weird position trying to not fall off the bed for most of the night. And so I woke up with this horrible crick on the left side of my neck. I could barely look to my left, could barely turn to my right. I could not look up to kiss Yuzik. And and to look down was the only thing comfortable, but I could feel myself kind of seizing in that position. And so this podcast episode is actually a gift from that injury. Yeah, weird, right? And and I think it came to me because for the entire week that I had this injury, I was asking myself, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Like, things don't happen for no reason. So what is the reason for this discomfort? What is the reason for this pain? What am I supposed to learn and gain from this? And it worked because the answers came and I can't wait to share them with you because it's a really cool perspective that I gained from it. Hence, the title of this podcast, Don't Take Your Perspective for Granted. We're talking about perspective and changing our perspective about perspective. (laughs) All right, stay with me here. One of my favorite quotes about perspective is by Wayne Dyer. And he says, if you change the way you look at things, 
the things you look at change. Then there's the Oxford Dictionary definition of perspective, which says, a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something. Perspective is a point of view. It's funny because perspective is often associated with how we see things in life, right? How we look at them. But I want to offer you a different perspective on perspective based on the pain in my neck. What do you think? Do you remember the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding and how Tula was just devastated because her dad did not approve of her American boyfriend? Tula was Greek. Her fiance or boyfriend was American and he just could not agree with this union. He wanted her to marry a traditional Greek man. And Tula was crying and had her head on her mama's shoulder. And her mama said to her this, let me tell you something, Tula. The man is the head, but the woman is the neck. And she can turn the head any way she wants. Maria is a wise woman. She knows that she is the neck. It's not the power all found in the head. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Because perspective is often talked about through our eyes. But I have learned now perspective actually comes from our neck. It's our ability to turn and stretch. And for example, you know when you are learning how to ride your bike or snowboarding or driving, they always say you will end up going the way your head is turned. And that's not about just your eyes. Your eyes can move and you can look in that direction. But if you turn your head, that moves the entire body. And this became really apparent to me this past week when I had my stiff neck. It was the kind of pain in the neck that totally limited my mobility. Like I said, I couldn't turn to look and I couldn't exercise again. I couldn't lift. Everything was a strain. Even walking Arlo, when he would move suddenly, it would jerk everything. And I would be, I would be, uh, what's the word? It starts with a J. I really like this word and I've totally lost it. Anyway, the word's not there, but I had this neck energy. It was on Monday and I thought that, okay, I'll give it a few days. I'll put a hot pad around my neck. I'll take a hot shower. I will stretch. I will sleep on my back. All these things I can do that will help the neck injury to heal on its own. It just needs time. This is what I was thinking. But the thing is, it didn't get better. And in fact, it started to feel tighter and the knots were really tender to touch. And so by like Friday, I decided, all right, I really need to book an appointment to get this treated because it's not getting any better. But here's the thing. With the neck injury, I was missing out on my sleep. It affected my sleep. Every time I changed positions, I woke up and I noticed that I couldn't just turn my body, right? Because my neck was in pain. Before my neck, my head would always led how I would turn. I would sleep on my left, then I would sleep on my back, then I'd sleep on my right. And I kind of do this shift dance in this in my sleep. But because my neck was sore, I actually had to turn my knees first 
then shift my hips, then my shoulders, and then use my elbows to prop myself while I turned my neck. It required so much energy and steps and thinking and coordination and movement just to turn my body because I couldn't turn my neck. The neck makes everything so much smoother. The other thing that I was missing out on because of this neck injury was spontaneity. Like I was telling you about Arlo just moving before it wouldn't bother me at all. But now these jerky motions were kind of throwing my balance off. It would give me a headache. And also it really limited my enjoyment of the moment. Like I couldn't turn my quick tension quickly when my kids would be saying, Hey mommy, look over here. So that was another thing of this neck injury that I really noticed. Without being able to turn my neck easily and freely, I was missing out on spontaneity. The other thing I noticed was I was missing out on movement, like regular free movement to free to dance, free to move in bed, free to do the things that I was working on, like jogging and yoga in the morning. I couldn't do any of those things with this injury. And the injury also disrupted my usual routines that weren't that active, like writing my morning pages was a strain to look down at my notebook. Even to bend down and smell the top of my kids' heads was painful. I had to ask them to step up. I couldn't bobo my little Etta, who loves to have stand-up bobo, which is like bobo meaning hug or carry. We couldn't have stand-up hugs because I couldn't lift her because my neck and upper back muscles were just so tight. And I also couldn't look up to kiss my husband. All this movement and limited mobility was really impacting the connection, the physical connection that we make. So that really became apparent to me. Without my neck, it's harder to do all those things. And the last thing that I really noticed was I missed out on that present moment kind of confidence I had. It's like this feeling of ease, no matter where you are, I actually felt less safe. For example, when I would walk Arlo, I felt less safe walking through the tunnel under the railroad tracks. I could hear people behind me. And when my neck was not injured, I could just easily turn around, check it out, make eye contact, let people know I know they're there just to have my own general sense of my surroundings and where I'm, I feel safe, but I couldn't do that. And it made me really nervous because I realized, you know, if someone were to rush up behind me, I wouldn't be able to respond fast by running. Well, I guess I would, I would run through the pain, the adrenaline would kick in, but if someone were to grab me, that would really hurt. How would I fight them off? So I felt less confident walking and knowing I could hear people behind me. It just, I just had this feeling of unease. So that's another thing that I became aware of with this neck injury. So like I said, Yusik, or maybe I haven't said that yet. (laughs) Yusik convinced me to go for the shiatsu treatment that I was trying to save money from doing. I love shiatsu massage. First of all, I, my number one love language is touch. And so massage is very satisfying 
and nurturing and nourishing. And it just makes me feel so good. So I'm so thankful that Yusik convinced me to take care of my body. He made me very aware that this knot and tightness and stiffness wasn't going away. So I just simply had to book an appointment with my favorite shiatsu practitioner. And her name is Taiko and she's from Japan. And if you haven't heard about shiatsu massage or tried it before, I highly recommend it. Shiatsu is based on traditional Japanese massage therapy and it works with the body's energy flow known as chi. So it sees your body as a whole and uses these pressure points and releases them to bring balance to the body, to open up blocks and generally to create space in your body. That's my experience of it. That's how it feels like when Taiko is assessing my body and feeling for tender spots, block spots, knots. She kind of like push and release. That's kind of how it feels. And it's like magic. It's just this push and release. Taiko would find the pressure points and press on them, even though it was discomfort, uncomfortable. And some of them actually did hurt, but that discomfort was necessary. And I knew it would work to help melt the pain away. Taiko worked on not just my neck and my upper back, but my entire body and including like my lower back, my bum, my hips, the backs of my legs, my calves, the bottoms of my feet, my hands, my forearms, even my head. Like at one point she was pulling my skull, the base of my skull away from my spine. And I could just feel so much space being created in my body. I feel this openness and a softening. And it was so gentle and warm and strong. Like Tycho's hands are small. She's like, I think we're about the same size, about five, three, five, four. But her hands, when you look at them, they look muscular and they're so warm. I'm touching my own hands right now and my hands are cold, but hers were warm. And my body was like a pizza crust, I think. And all these knots and tight spots and clumps were like frozen butter. And she was just rolling it out through this pie crust that is my body. And it was just delicious. That's how I describe shiatsu. So this neck injury plus the massage gave me two, or is it three? Three things to offer you about perspective and how we treat our perspective. Our perspective isn't only about our eyes and where we look. I'm offering an approach of thinking of our perspective as your neck, your shoulders, your upper back. It's like your trapezius area of your body and how it works as a system to help you stretch, to turn, to look further, to actually change your position. Because we know that perspective When you change your perspective, you can change your life. And it's not just about your eyes and where you see. Like if you actually move your whole entire body, things change. The energy totally shifts. Perhaps there's something you're unwilling to consider or accept in your life. Maybe it's your own belief and mindset about how something should be done 
or a result that you are demanding, that you expect, or that is a high standard that you must have. Maybe you're faced with a disagreement that's causing some conflict between you and someone else. You just can't seem to grasp their point of view. Or maybe you want to be empathetic and it's just too hard to show compassion and forgiveness because you just can't. You can't put yourself where they are at. I offer you this. It's like that creates a knots, tightness and stiffness in your body when you want to have their perspective. You want to understand and appreciate it, but it creates all this stiffness in the relationship and it creates this stiffness in you. And I want to tell you, it won't go away with time. Just like I thought that the knots in my body would go away with time. If anything, these knots will form and get tighter and stiffer until you can no longer turn or move forward. So what we need to do is stretch our necks in different directions. Like when you're sitting at your desk for a long time, staring at the computer, we take breaks, right? To stretch by looking up and you can feel how the muscles hardened in the direction that you were stuck in. This happens in life too, when we're thinking about opinions and ideas and concepts and beliefs. You have to really move your neck in opposite directions so that you can get a full range of motion. You can get a full range of understanding, right? So we turn our heads and we stretch our necks to understand opinions far away from ours. Like learning from people who come from totally different backgrounds from you. Like learning from nature that you haven't considered before. So that's number one. How can we stretch our necks into far places that we haven't stretched before so that we can look all around and have a full range of motion? The second is, how can we intentionally melt the existing knots away? Maybe this is kind of the same as before, but sometimes those knots are there and we want to avoid them because it's just too uncomfortable to touch them, right? the discomfort to release them, it just feels unbearable. And that's kind of like the discomfort of expressing unexpressed truths. Perhaps there are feelings that have never been acknowledged or to touch those pain points, to bring a warm hand to some hurt within you or to someone else. Instead of avoiding that pain, avoiding the thoughts that created the tightness and the stiffness, how can we go to them with the intention of relief? Like going to a massage therapist with the intention of receiving relief. Put a thumb on it. You can massage it until that pain melts away. You don't have to carry those knots that will just get tighter and tighter and tighter over time. And the other cool thing about it is is maybe you'll even discover spots that craved to be touched. Like when Tycho was working on my entire body, there were spots like under my ribs I didn't realize were sore, in my bum that I didn't realize were sore. And when she touched them, I just realized, hey, those spots really needed some care. So when we intentionally meet those spots, we can find healing in areas that we didn't even know needed the attention. And then the third thing is about the traps. Remember that trapezius? Or did I call it trapezoid? I can't remember. Anyway, I'm talking about our trapezius muscles. You know, when you think of bodybuilders, it's those parts 
from the neck to the shoulder, between the neck and the shoulders that make, give them that really nice or bulgy triangle shape. And what I learned from turning in my sleep is that we need our trapezius muscles. They are a full system that help you move your head, neck, arms, shoulders, and torso. And it stabilizes our spine and helps with our posture so that we can look in all directions. So what I'm suggesting here is we have to build muscles for our perspective. I had to look this up. In order to build your trapezius, your traps, like to get stronger traps, there's three exercises that bodybuilders do. And one is called a shrug. And I love this because you can imagine someone holding really big dumbbells and just shrugging, like lifting their shoulders up to their ears like earrings and then dropping them. Lift and drop, lift and drop. It's like shrugging your shoulders, like when you don't know something. And I'm suggesting the shrug as if you don't know something is because in order to expand our perspectives, to build those perspective muscles, we really need to go into it like we don't know that there's something here to learn. We need to shrug our way into building stronger perspectives. And then there's another exercise called the barbell deadlift. And so this is where there's the big bars with the big weights on either side. Like when you picture weightlifters lifting really big lifts, that's the barbell and it's a deadlift. And the deadlift comes up parallel to your shins, to your knees until you stand up straight and then you bend down and you stand up straight and you bend. So it's like heavy lifting. And that's the other part I want to emphasize here is when you're building stronger muscles for perspective, you have to do some heavy lifting. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to understand. It's going to be hard to wrap your head around new ideas, new beliefs. It's going to be heavy. Maybe it's something that is painful or potentially traumatizing or brings up old stuff for you, or it's just really sad and upsetting. Shifting and building stronger muscles for perspective will require barbell deadlifts, some heavy lifting. And the final one is called a face pull. To build stronger traps in the gym, you do face pulls. And this one made me laugh because I found a connection for it more literally than the actual exercise. So the actual exercise is when you're standing in front of the pulling machine and you pull the handlebars towards your face. I'm doing it right now. The reason why I'm suggesting face pulls is not in the sense of the gym, but if you imagine like when you have to hear a new idea and it really doesn't make sense to you and you kind of scrunch your face, kind of like, huh? To me, that's a face pull. Where you go, what? You got to do face pulls when you're building stronger muscles to expand your perspective. You have to confront stuff that's just going to totally make your brain blow up, shut down. It's not going to make sense. And it's because your brain will in that moment will be wired for a certain way of thinking. And it's going to require you to approach it like a puzzle, to turn it on its head, to look at it completely different, to analyze it from many different angles and to not look at it the way you always look at other things. 
So you're going to have a screw face. You're going to, it's going to pull your face. It's going to be kind of awkward and confusing, but you know that you're smart enough to figure it out. What do you think? Neck is the base of your perspective, not necessarily your eyes. With your neck, you can stretch into opposite areas that you haven't had perspectives before. With your neck, when you think about the tightness and the existing knots in those areas, you got to really work them away. You have to touch the discomfort so that you can find that release. And then your neck, it's about your trapezius muscles building your perspective by shrugging, going into it without really knowing the answers. Barbell deadlifts. It's going to be heavy lifting. It's going to be hard. It's going to take effort. And then face pulls. You're going to have like, what the F kind of moments where it doesn't really make sense. But the fact that you are stretching and lifting and building those perspective muscles to expand your perspective, that is everything. Oprah says that the smallest change in perspective can transform a life. So how might this tiny adjustment turn your world around? I would love to hear from you. I hang out on Instagram and LinkedIn. So send me a message and let me know how your neck is doing if you are building those traps. Until next time, Muse, be in love, be in joy, and be inspired. Thank you for listening to the Secret Muse Society. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast so other modern muses like you can find us too. I invite you to continue the conversation and connect with me on Instagram at karenchoy.co. Join me next week for more secrets inspired by you. I'm Karen Choi. Until next time, stay gold.